Tackling your business's finance to-dos can be daunting enough without being slowed down by QuickBooks. More like slow books. NetSuite by Oracle is the number one financial system, no matter how big your business grows. With visibility and control of your financials, inventory, HR, e-commerce, and more, NetSuite is everything you need to grow. All in one place. Special financing is back. NetSuite is offering a one-of-a-kind financing program only for those ready to switch today. Head to NetSuite.com slash C-Suite right now. That's NetSuite.com slash C-Suite. This is episode number 24 of the Profitology Podcast with Rhonda Britton, best-selling author of Fearless Living. Welcome to the Profitology Podcast. I'm your host, Kelly O'Neill. Profitpreneurs are rewriting the rules for entrepreneurial business success in how they operate and scale their businesses, make more money, and design their businesses to give them more unplugged time in the process. Each week, join me for insightful and candid interviews with the most brilliant business minds, celebrity influencers, and fellow profitpreneurs who are disrupting the status quo and are going to leave you inspired to rewrite the rules in your own business. Let's get started. everyone. I want to welcome you back to another episode of the Profitology Podcast. Uh, I am so grateful for all of you as usual. Thanks for all the feedback on the recent episode. We loved it too. Make sure that if you've come across this episode and you have not yet subscribed, please do subscribe and feel free to leave us a review. That is how we find more amazing listeners just like you. Today, I have a very special guest. Uh, My guest is Rhonda Britton, and if that name sounds familiar, it's probably because she is an Emmy Award winner. She is a repeat guest on Oprah, and she is a master coach who has changed the lives of over six in 600 episodes of reality television. She is a good friend of mine. I have known her for years, and I've interviewed her several times, and you are going to be in for such a treat. She is the best-selling author of four books, including her flagship book called Fearless Living. And she is the founder of the Fearless Living Institute, which is home of the Ivy League of Life Coaching Training. She's named America's Favorite Life Coach, and she brings neuroscience, which she's going to talk a lot about in this episode, of fear, the neuroscience of fear, down to earth by giving you a path out of not being good enough and using her wheels technology that she developed that saved her own life. Ron and I are going to cover a lot of juicy things about how to become fearless and operate fearlessly as a CEO and also how to instill that in your team to drastically increase your profit as well as the operations of your business creating a happy team, creating a profitable business, and giving you more free time. So grab a pen and paper, and let's get to the episode. All right, welcome back to another episode of the Profitology Podcast. I am here with my dear friend and best-selling author, Rhonda Britton, who is the author of a little book you may have heard of called Fearless Living. Rhonda, welcome to the show. Thank you, Miss Kelly. What a joy to be here. I am, I am so excited to talk about this topic because I think that, you know, a lot of CEOs, as they get to higher levels, may not be so willing to admit that 
you know, they're having some major fears as, <laughs> as they're growing their business. So why don't we start off with talking a little bit about your, your, you know, letting everyone know who you are, your, you know, how you got into this and why you're so passionate about living and working fearlessly. Well, the first, the first thing I'm going to go to the last question first and then work backwards. But the Sounds reason good. that I am fanatical about becoming fearless is because nothing really worked for me besides this right? Besides understanding how fear worked. I mean, I, I read all the books. I did all the workshops. I, I did all the leadership training. You name it. I did it. Every test, every quiz, every healer, every therapist. And really the only thing that catapulted my life and tra- helped me transcend the past and actually think differently and be able to actually see fearlessness and become more fearless is understanding how fear works. And I think that a lot of people talk about fear, but they actually really don't understand the mechanics of how to be fearless on the human plane. Because we can say, you know, false evidence appearing real all day long, but it doesn't necessarily change the way that we interact in the world. So I'm all about practical application. I'm not all about, I'm, I'm all about how do you actually implement this and how do you support yourself as well as your team to actually make it happen? I love it. I love it. And Let's talk about that for for a minute. You know, as as companies are growing and as as people are growing, why? What is the importance of creating that fearless culture and, you know, creating that fearlessness within you as a CEO? Building a business is an intimate endeavor. Mm-hmm. It is intimate, and I know that most people go into opening a business and they don't think I'm going to open an intimate business, right? They're just thinking of their vision. They're just thinking like, yay. Um, they're just thinking like, make it happen. But in reality, as you grow you actually get need to get closer to your team, not further away. And if you want to get closer to your team and lean on them more and create more trust between you, because that's what it needs to scale and to grow, is you must increase the intimacy because it will be intimate. So if there is a yes. bar- right, isn't there, if there's a barrier between you and your team, and again, I'm not I'm not saying that you have to become best buddies and go out every night with each other. That's not what I'm saying. But if there is a withhold from you, if you are wanting to quote unquote keep your identity the same, if you're wanting to keep things on one hand the same yet grow, that's not going to work. So your team is actually some of the best support you will be able to use to be able to uh, leverage in order to help you become the person that you need to be as that CEO, because your team is actually going to support you in becoming more, better, fearless. So it's not just you having this vision and going out into the world with your, you know, your sword and on your horse and being like, I'm going to change the world. We all know by now, if you're in the middle of growing your company, that it is not a one man, not one woman show. It is a team show. And so your willingness to actually see the fear that's happening, address the fear that's happening, not pretend it's not happening within yourself and your team, Right. the better yes. that you're going to be able to build together. So you, you can't put it under a rock. And I think sometimes I know I know what the people I've worked with, it's just like sometimes they want to just like, why can't they just do what they're supposed to do? I mean, why can't they just what? Why? Do, why? Why do I have to tell them everything? Right. Why do I have to share everything? Why do I have to? Oh, why? 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 Like, we just want to pay them and have them do the work. Right. But that's not the companies that we want to build. And that's not how true visionaries are made. 
Go yeah, ahead. I could not agree more. In fact, I talk a lot on this podcast about corporate culture, and I am so in alignment with what you are saying. You know, I think that that mentality is when we first started in businesses and we had to do everything our own, and then we started building teams from that place of it's like me, and then I have a team, but we look at them as people to, cons- to do tasks. Yes. But what got you to that six and multiple six figures is not going to get you to the seven, multiple seven figures. And it's also not going to get you to the place where you as a owner of your company can actually have build a high performance team that builds your business without you, which is one of the core yes. principles of the profitology process. Because if you're looking at these people like they're just people who do a list of things I assign to them, you are not going to get very far. And in order for you to really, and I agree, I could not agree with you more, in order for you to really build a high-performing team where you are all committed to the vision and committed to the clients and committed to the growth, you as a leader in your company have to learn to open up more and be more authentic and be more transparent. And frankly, that can scare the shit out of some people. That's right. That's right. And that's, that's the key point. It's like, if you truly want to lead a team and if you really want to truly, really truly build a business that is that seven, eight figure business that really more importantly than the money, but really manifests your vision of what you want to create you, this is your school. You know, I always say building a business uh, is a spiritual endeavor, right? It's not like, I'm, Oh wait, I'm just going to learn how to, you know, build a better funnel or, Oh, I'm just going to learn how to do profit and loss statements better. It is literally your school to become who you're meant to be. So your business is your uh, guru. Your business is your church and it is going to teach you how to detach from who you thought you were, who you think you are, and who you think you're supposed to be in order to actually become who you're meant to be in order to fulfill this vision, this mission on earth at this time with this team. So your team sees things that you do not see. You can't possibly see them because they're in the trenches way more than you are in so many ways. So they see things that you cannot see. And if you're not open and available to seeing what they see, if you're not open and available for them to actually impact the vision and impact the mission, then your vision and mission is not going to get bigger. It's actually going to get smaller and you're going to keep trying to fit into it. And it's going to, it's going to feel confining. And that's when entrepreneurs, business owners leave their business. It's like, ah, it just, it just got too small for me. Ah, it just doesn't work for me anymore. It's like, well, yeah, because you didn't grow with it. You didn't transform yeah. with it. You didn't transcend with it. So in order to truly create a vision and to manifest a vision and mission in a powerful way, you really do have to be fearless because you are going to be seeing and confronting all those lovely things that have held you back in your love relationships uh, with your parenting skills. So true. It's all the same. There's no difference between being a lover and being a business owner, right? Or being a, a parent and a business owner. So those skills that you need to be a powerful parent and a powerful mate are the same skills, if not more, that you need to build a team. I could not, again, I, I just am loving this. It's, it's so incredibly true. You know, I think back to the way that, because I used to be like the world's worst leader in my business. I thought I was great. Me too. I thought I was great because I could get on stages and I could lead from stage. Let me, but again, like when you're in that team environment and I frankly was a crappy boss, I did not know what I was doing. And you're right. It really, one of the things that we say is, and I'm sure you guys have heard this before, is your business will only grow to the extent that you do. 
And if you are hiding, if you are operating from a place of fear, which the, the best that you can hope from when you're leading and operating from a place of fear is mediocrity. That's, that's the right. best. That's, that's, right. the, that's the best you got, I mean, I, you know, that you guys can get. So it's really about coming you know, and, and confronting those things because as the CEO, you've got a lot of responsibility. Yeah, you know, and, and it, it, yeah, and it doesn't mean that you have to cry in every meeting, right? It doesn't mean that no. you have to share your, you know, share your stuff and, and share them everything going on with you. That's not the point. The point is that you need emotional support. You need psychological support. You need leadership support. You need a mentor in order to help you keep clearing yourself. I mean, I met with my mentor this morning. Okay, I met yeah. with my mentor this morning. We're about to raise prices. I am somebody who. Uh, operates as, uh, you know, kind of like looking to be, uh, you know, to give to everyone. I'm a giver. I want to give to everybody. Right. And so raising prices for me creates like hyperventilation, right? Because <laughs> what I think about, right. What I think about is all oh, those people that can't afford it. Oh my God. Oh my God. Now I'm going to, Oh my God, I can't help those people be fearless. So I get into, you know, internal panic. And now do I know that about myself? Yes. Do I know how to support myself? Yes. But it nonetheless happens. And so, you know, people also mistake that for intuition. You know, oh, I'm going to raise prices. Oh, it doesn't feel good. And they think that's intuition telling them not to raise their prices. No, it's you not building up the capacity, the expandedness in order to include that and more. So where you are, where your false beliefs trick you, where fear tricks you is going to keep you small. So you, just like you just kept on saying, Kelly, is that it's got to be, you know, you got to be digging all the time. You've got to be clearing out all the time and you've got to be willing to break your identity. So one of the exercises that I do every spring, every March, is I actually dismantle my business on a piece of paper. I take my whole business apart and I say to myself about every single part of my business, does this still align? Is this still what I want? Is this still where we're going? Because unless you do a review on a regular basis of what your business has become, it is going to get out of your hands really quickly and you might be building a division that really doesn't serve you. So I invite everybody, if you haven't taken apart your business on a piece of paper before, literally just take it apart on a piece of paper and say, I don't have to do any of these things anymore. I don't have to build that product. I don't have to start speaking. I don't have to speak from stages. I don't have to do one-on-one work. I don't have to, you know, build that funnel. I don't have to do any of it. Now, think about what really serves the vision and mission and re-choose it. If we don't continuously make that decision and that recommitment, it is going to get um, stale. It is going to, you're going to, it's going to feel hard because building a business, I don't want to say is hard, but it is hard, right? And it's hard because you, because you get to strip yourself from all of your limitations. That's the hard part. Right. I think that is so important. That's something we take our students through, you know, in, in the profitology process. We are really big. We have an entire planning system we call plan for profit. Yeah. And every quarter, it's the same thing. We start off with, wait a minute, let's go back to what did you really want to create in your life? That's right. Is everything you're building on track for what you are create for what you desire to create in your life? And if it's not, what are you choosing? That's right. Right. And why are you choosing that? And again, that's where those opportunities to handle those fears, you know, those fears come up. So what do you what do you say to to entrepreneurs when those fears do come up? Well, I'll just give you an example. So I just got done speaking to a huge mastermind. You know, everybody's seven, eight, nine figures in this mastermind. And 
you know, I went in and, you know, my job was to, you know, give my talk on fearless living, fearless leadership, and really support these, you know, major business people to go to the next level. And all of them basically just stared at me, which I was, I have to say, I was shocked by because I'm thinking to myself, oh, these guys know this stuff. They know about the brain. They know how to shift their mindset. Oh, these guys, they've, they've already achieved eight figures, nine figures. They're, they're probably really good at this. It'll probably just be a review. And really what it was is them with their mouths hanging open for an hour and a half, just inside freaking out. And, <laughs> and then I asked them about their fears. And I'm not joking, the whole room just started throwing their fears up, right? I won't be able to make payroll, right? My product is, it, it is, is not going to make it in the market, right? I mean, just every fear. I'm a crappy boss. My office manager is going to leave me. My I was just going to say, what if they leave me? Right. What, what if they, they leave? leave? Right. Um, the audience that I'm building isn't the audience I want. I mean, just all their fears on a piece of paper. And it was so refreshing to me because one, they were honest and yes. two, right. They were on They were really honest. And, um, everyone came up to me afterwards, you know, secretly, secretly, and was like, uh, uh, <laughs> I don't want anyone to know, like secretly coming up to me and going like, okay, so um, how can I coach with you? Because I need to get through this. Because, you know, what I teach is I teach something called the wheels. And so I help you mm. identify those trigger points. Um, I help you identify the trigger points that really keep you stuck, that core fear that really drives you. Because most entrepreneurs think they have a, a fear of rejection or a fear of failure or a fear of success, right? And those fears are really for most entrepreneurs, most business owners, uh, their fear responses, I call it fear responses. It's not really their core fear. Their core fear is much deeper than that. And so I help people identify that core fear so that they can see it so they're not tricked by it anymore. So mm -hmm. one of the, so one of the, um, one of the, the, the business owners came up to me later and uh, he goes, you know, I, my, I do not want to uh, be like my grandfather and my father. And I'm like, well, what do you mean? And he goes, well, um, they made a lot of money and lost it, made a lot of money and lost it, made a lot of money and lost it. And he goes, I'm doing the same thing. He goes, I make a ton of money and then I lose it. And then I make a ton of money and I lose it. And he mm. talked about the, you know, his grandfather and father doing the same thing. And I looked at him and I said, are you willing to forgive your grandfather and father? Are you willing to forgive them for handing you down this legacy? And his mind, like he was looking for a magical strategy, right? He was looking for a magical strategy to help him, you know, keep his money. And I was saying, well, yeah, how you're going to keep your money is forgiveness. So, yes. you know, you, you can't, you, as, as a business owner who is devoted to creating a mission, vision driven business, your philosophy, your spiritual foundation, your uh, outlook, your attitude, the way that you see the world is critical to the success of your business. And if he is sitting there looking at his grandfather and father and saying, I'm just like them, there's forgiveness on the table that needs to happen in order for him to let go of that identity, let go of being the good son, let go of being just like good old dad in order for him to find his space and place without them being attached to him. So, yeah, I mean, he came up to me and wanted this really miraculous strategy, and I looked at him and said, forgive, and he was blown away. You know, I love what you said about having a mentor. So I actually keep an energist on staff on our team. I have an energist, a healer, on retainer for yeah. these exact things. And one of the things that she says to me often is, the issue is never the issue. I'm like, but this isn't working. She goes, that's not the issue. That's correct. 
Yep. Right. You know, it's, it's generally not a strategy issue. No. It's generally a what's going on inside of you that you've not dealt with yet that's creating the result that you're having in front of you. And for those of you who are listening, and maybe this is, you know, some of you might be like, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm super into talking about these things, and I could sit in a circle and be super open. And then there's some people that are going to be like, you know, the ones who are sneaking up to you afterwards trying to make sure that they don't get seen talking to you. Here's the thing I want you guys to know, and, and Ronnie, I would love for you to address this. We all have the same challenges. We all have the same thoughts. Yep. You know, they may look different, yep. but we all have the same ones. We, you know, all of us are worried about whether or not our businesses in one aspect or another are not going to work or whether someone's going to leave us or whether the product's going to flop or the launch or the, you know, whatever. Yep. So there's, I think that there's actually camaraderie in that. Yes, yes, Absolutely. Absolutely camaraderie in that. And, you know, you've got the similar enemy, so to speak, right? You've got the similar enemy and you're, uh, you're trying to slay the dragon together. But the thing is, is that as the leader, you're, you're probably, just like you're saying, you're probably projecting your stuff onto your team. Yep. You, you know, so they're not being supportive. It's like, well, yeah, but you're not supporting yourself. So it's, it's using everything that you say to yourself about your team, everything that you say to yourself about your clients, everything you say to yourself about your vision and mission, you know, make it where, make it about you. Like in the sense of where is this about you? Where is it that you're afraid of this? Where is it that you're blocking yourself? Where is it that you're, um, uh, you know, saying you can't have it, you know, the raising the prices for me, I'll just give you a simple example. Um, you know, I'm in kind of like the saint mentality. I, I, I'm working with um, a new uh, CFO. And when she starts working with you, she asks all these questions about your money mindset, right? And she's like, well, what's your money mindset? Oh, I can tell you exactly what my money mindset is. I'm in sainthood, right? So, <laughs> so like, and, um, you know, where I go with money is I want to give everything away because I want to save the world and I want to be a saint, right? Now, now, do I actually consciously, i.e., want those things? No, of course not. But inside of me, the way I'm wired and the way that I grew up, that is totally my underlying desire when it comes to business and money. So, you know, she looked at me and I, she looked at me and she's like, oh, okay, so you secretly just want to be a saint. I go, absolutely 100%. So when you're telling me to raise prices, it literally makes me shake in my boots because that is the opposite what saints would do, right? Saints would like, give it all away and like, come, I will be with you. So it, it brings up our core fears and our core beliefs and our core issues. And that's what the gift of business is. That is the gift of business. And so every day you get to say, hallelujah, I get to become who I'm meant to be by serving my, my team, by serving my customers, by serving my clients. And, and I get the gift of being, of being able to ex execute this vision. I mean, that's how I feel every day. I feel like, oh my God, um, I got choos chosen to do this. I got this, I got chosen to do fearless living. Like how great is that? And it's like, oh, yeah, but with the gift comes the cost, right? Right. And the cost is that you get to do all the heavy lifting in order to become more open, more vulnerable, more open-minded, more, uh, more connected and not less connected. 
Yeah. You know, it's interesting. So one of the one of the things I've personally struggled with, and this is this comes from childhood, right? And this is I have this onion that I've been peeling for forty six years and I have a sneaking suspicion I'm gonna be peeling it until the till the day I drop dead, right? You know, it's just it's just the thing. And that is that underlying fear when I really dig deep and I look back at all of the things, you know, the issues are never the issue. The issue almost always when I really dig deep goes back to that belief that I'm, you know, I'm not, there's something inside of me that believes I'm just not good enough. And I know I'm not alone in that. Is that, is that true? Absolutely. So, you know, when I work with somebody individually, or if they attend a fearless foundation workshop, or they come to my fearless living training program, um, to work with me to discover their wheel of fear and their wheel of freedom is the wheel of fear is when you say fear of not feel good, fear of not being good enough. The wheel of fear is your individualized version of that. So Mm-hmm. The generalized feeling is not good enough, but there is a specific fear that you have that ignites that not good enough feeling. And it might be, and I'm going to make it up. I'm just going to make up a bunch of things. So it might be the fear of being incompetent, the fear of being selfish, the fear of being stupid, the fear of looking foolish, right? So we all have this fear that kind of encapsulates all of our fears. And that fear, once you understand it, literally changes the filter in which you see the world. You know, neuroscience says that the only way to truly change your life is you can change the, you can change your feelings and your thoughts and your behaviors and do all those lovely things and those mm-hmm. will make a dent. But the only way to truly revolutionize your life is to change the filter in which you look out from the world. And the filter is we're either seen through the eyes of quote unquote fear or we're seen through the eyes of freedom. And that's what I do. I help people identify their wheel of fear so that they can see fear before it sees you right so that it comes the conscious the unconscious becomes uh-huh. conscious wait, wait, and then you cannot do anything until the unconscious becomes conscious that's right so everybody's walking around i always say that people you know go i know what my problem is it's procrastination and they go to procrastination school right and they go i'm gonna solve this procrastination problem i'm gonna get it i'm gonna wrestle to the ground and I'm <laughs> right and so then uh-huh. they go to procrastination school and it's awesome and um, it's awesome. And they love procrastination school and they've solved their procrastination problem. But fear doesn't care if it's procrastination or perfectionism. Fear doesn't care how it stops you because fear only wants one thing and only one thing. It wants to keep you safe. And how does it keep you safe? By repeating the past. That's it. It needs to repeat the past to keep you safe. So that's the, that's the goal of fear. Like I just got to, I just got to repeat the past. So my job is to support you in saying, okay, wait a minute, what filter are you looking through, i.e. the fear filter or the freedom filter? Because once you identify it and once you can see it, like I said, it can no longer trick you. I love that. That would be a great question for all CEOs as they are making decisions about their business. Are you making this decision through the fear filter or through the freedom filter? That's right. That's right. Because neuroscience says that, again, the filter is the key, right? The filter is the key. So I'm reading this new neuroscience book. I'm just, I'm a neuroscience geek. And it talks about how the amygdala is actually not the fear center. What we've, you know, what we've all learned, like the amygdala is the fear center. It's actually not the fear center. It's the novelty center. And so most of us, when we're in novelty, get afraid because it's new. So Mm -hmm. I, I have an exercise that I teach people called stretch, risk, or die. And most people... Oh, wait, say that again. Stretch. It's called stretch, risk, or die. 
(laughs) (laughs) Sounds fun. (laughs) Because I think what what I notice for myself and my clients is that when we're uh, taking action, when we want to make a decision, right? Um, We're not able to separate. uh, Many times we can't see or we can't feel whether it's fear talking or our intuition talking. And we also don't know um, what it takes to do the risk that's on the table, right? So stretchers can die is, um, think of a bullseye. I'm going to give you a quick little vision, uh, visual of it. So it's a bullseye. Mm-hmm. And in the middle is your comfort zone. Like we all know mm-hmm. the comfort zone. We've all been there. We've all done that. We know the comfort zone. The right. next circle around it is the stretch zone. The circle around that is the risk zone. And beyond that is the die zone. And so I think what happens for most people is they don't understand the emotional risk that it takes to take en- to do any task, to do any uh, agenda, to do any projection, to do any goal, to do any intention, right? They don't actually think about the emotional component. They just think about the strategy or the actions. Yep. I've got to do A, B, and C, so I've got to hire A, B, and C to help me, right? I've got to do this, this, and this. Do I have the money? Do I have the talent? And they think through those things, but they don't actually stop and ask themselves, what's the emotional risk I'm taking? Because if you're procrastinating, if you're beating yourself up, if you're a perfectionist, if you get anxious, if you get overwhelmed, it's because you moved out of the comfort zone into the stretch risk or die zone. So unless you're aware of the emotional risk, not the intellectual, right? Intellectually, we're like, well, I can do that. What's the big deal, right? I can do that. But all of a sudden, you're not doing it, that good old procrastination. You're not doing it. It's because there's an emotional risk that you're not addressing. There's an underlying fear that's stopping you. So it's not that you're bad, stupid, lazy, worthless. Nope, none of those things. It literally is because your body and brain are wired to stop you from moving outside your comfort zone because it only wants you to survive and it only is in charge of keeping you alive. And so our brain and body are all about body energy management. That's it. So when you are a crazy thought about building a business, moving from a million to 2 million, your whole body goes, uh, we're going to die doing that. Uh, that no, no. And so think of all the things that could happen. Yeah, think about it. They're going to kill us in that process. Right. And and it's not even conscious, right? It's not even conscious. It's just all of a sudden we find ourselves not feeling inspired. We find ourselves, you know, not really wanting to work. Not, you know, oh, we, we're having a bad team, you know, member. So we, we get distracted and not really address that, like you said before, really address the issue that's on the table. So that's why I'm fanatical about fear. You know, not only did it save my own life, but I I believe that. When you talk it from a neuroscience perspective, it's changing the filter that changes everything. It's not changing the actions. It's changing the filter. It is so, it is so critically important. One of my Kellyisms that we, we say all the time, and you guys, again, who have been listening to me before, you've heard this a million times from me, and that is you will never out-hustle a bad strategy, <laughs> but you will never out-strategize a misaligned mindset. And if you are, you can have the best strategy, you know, someone can come to me and say, Kelly, I need a strategy. I'm going to write you a $10 million strategy. It's going to work. But if you are not aligned with that, and if you are running all of your decisions through that place of fear, it, it doesn't matter how much you hustle or how great the strategy is. 
you're not going to get there. That's right. That's right. And so this is just a, this, this is part, in my opinion, and this is one of the reasons I wanted to have you on, aside from the fact that I just love you and I love hanging out <laughs> with you, is that, you know, we as CEOs, we have to address those parts of ourselves. Right. It is actually a requirement of us being good leaders and of us being able to support our team and able to support our clientele and be a stand in the world for what we want to create. And for people who just think it's all about getting the best strategy and getting your ass in gear and rising and grinding, you're missing the biggest piece of the puzzle in order for you to make the substantial impact in the world. Yep. You're missing the whole point. You know, we get, we, we have been, we have been graced by vision and mission and there are, you know, a huge part, part of the population do not have the wherewithal, the gift, the ability to see a vision and then have the motivation, inspiration, momentum, guts, courage to actually think they can do it. So we truly are, as business owners, the fearless ones. We really are the fearless ones. And we are the ones that are going to change the world, period, end of story. So you know, you're cleaning up your own internal mess when it comes to fear and how, how your fears are stopping you. And like I said, the wheel of fear is in my world. The more that you're going to be able to contribute not only to your own family and to your own team, but to the world at large. And that's what your business is really about. Regardless of what you think your business is about, your business is about changing the world and bringing a new paradigm in and a new vision into the world. So I think that it's critical to... Uh, get really familiar with your fear and understand your fear and actually get to the point where you understand that fear loves you and it mm -hmm. just wants to support you. And it just doesn't know any other way. And once you know how to talk to fear, work with fear, uh, have a relationship with fear, the game changes, everything changes. You're no longer having that negative self-talk. You're no longer, you know, putting yourself down, beating yourself up. You're no longer creating unrealistic uh, goals. You're no longer putting yourself against the wall all the time. Uh, you're no longer feeling that resistance. You're no longer wondering what's wrong with me. You don't, you don't think those things anymore. So that's what I want. I want people to have a clear mind, a clear heart, so that they can move forward in what they're intended to do. And in order to do that, hey, got to become fearless. I love it. Oh, Rhonda, I love it. Rhonda, where can people find out more? So, you know, all of our, uh, all of our listeners here who are now going, yeah, I probably got some fear stuff I need to deal with. <laughs> where can they go and find out how to live fearlessly? Fearlessliving.org. Fearlessliving.org. And you know I have a .org because of that saint stuff. You know that, right? <laughs> so fearlessliving.org. Um, go on over there, uh, the homepage, um, things change all the time on that homepage, but go and get whatever I'm offering on that homepage. Right now, it's the 25 Tricks of Fear. I'm about to put something new on there. So go and check it out. Grab the, uh, you know, go grab the lead magnet, the opt-in, whatever you want to call it, uh, because it's going to give you the first step. And um, I'm changing it right now to be my keynote. So you can actually hear my keynote and hear me talk about uh, fear in more detail. So go grab it. I love it. I love it, you guys. As usual, we are also going to put up a bunch of juicy details about Rhonda and where you can connect with her on social and where you can connect with her in terms of her website and all the juicy goodies she's got available for you on our show notes on our page. Rhonda, thank you so much for being here today. You're welcome. And you know what? I'll create a special link. If it doesn't have the keynote on it, I'll make sure your people have a keynote. Oh, you are fantastic. Thank you so much. You're welcome, because it'll have the Stretchers Can Die exercise on it. 
So they will love seeing it in action. Oh, I cannot wait to put my team through that. They'll love it. All right, perfect. <laughs> Thank you, Miss Kelly. And remember, always, let's be fearless. I love it, you guys. Thanks so much for listening to another episode of the Profitology Podcast. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Profitology Podcast. If you did, please share this show with someone that you know and help spread the word to your followers on social media. This is how we reach more entrepreneurs just like you around the world. Also, I'd like to continue the conversation with you about all things Profitology. So please join me and your fellow Profitpreneurs in our free Facebook group. You can find us at ProfitpreneurCircle.com. I frequently go live in our community to share tips, trainings, and innovative profit acceleration strategies, as well as resources that can help you accelerate your results in your business. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.